So we'll read from Matthew 7, 7 through 11. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Jeremy. You can be seated. You're seated. Hey, I want to ask you, have you been over to his place, he and his wife's little place on the square? Yeah, I've never heard of, I had never heard of a boba. Is that right? Before I got here. But I won't tell you, you know, at first it was like swallowing little BBs, but you know, it's, it's really something. Now, really, I, I want to encourage you, men, you want a new experience, go there. It's, a, it's energy. It's a great place. But just what I thought I'd give him a little plug. Also, a little plug. How many of you all have seen the baby bottles out there? Y'all have done this for years, I understand. Praise God. Starts on Mother's Day today, and you bring them back on Father's Day. And uh, it's not trying to get you to have more babies. It's for you to fill this up, fill this up with a check or quarters. No, no. you put some resources in it and you bring it back and it goes to help our outreach to those young mothers, okay, that need some help. So it's going to be a great outreach. Y'all have done this for years, I hear, but I thought I just would mention it again. I thought it was so cool. Well, God bless you. We are continuing in this incredible series on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon. And um, you all have been so faithful. I, all I can say is if you have applied everything you've heard, you are godly people. Because this Sermon on the Mount is, uh, has some really tough things to apply in our lives. And today is one that you've heard over and over, but I think it's, uh, it fits into that same category. Because I'm talking about keeping on with keeping on prayer. And so many times when you hear a sermon, oh, it's going to be on prayer. It's like, okay, I'm going to tune out. I hope you want, won't today. Um, I know with that breeze, it's a great day to catch a nap, but wait till you get home, okay? Where's Jim? Jim, please. Um, so this passage of scripture that we're looking at in Matthew chapter seven, truthfully, a lot of you probably already have this passage memorized because you've heard it many, many times. And it's that famous place where in prayer, Jesus says, look, ask and you shall Receive, seek, and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Because he who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. And, and uh, we've heard this so many times. The rest of it, it's a parallel passage over in Luke 11, also says the same thing. Because he says, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children when they ask you, how much more will God give good things to those that ask him? He says, God is good. Over in uh, Luke, it says, and how much more will your father give you the Holy Spirit? He says, if you ask for a fish, you're not going to get a snake. He says, if you ask for a piece of bread, God's not, or, or your father was not going to give you a rock. He says, if you ask for an egg, you're not going to get a scorpion. And he says, 
you guys wouldn't do that to your kids, unless it's April Fool's Day maybe, but you wouldn't do that to your kids. He says, why do you expect God not to do good things for you? So we're going to camp out around this familiar passage for a few more minutes. And um, if you want to take some notes, I hope you do, because we need to see some of this. So here's the first thought I want you to get. Um, There is always a purpose in your perseverance, in your persistence. Now, we think just because we have kids, mamas, you know this. Is it possible for a child to wear you down to where you finally give in and say yes? Be honest. Absolutely. We've done it so many times. Now, I know all the parenting books say no. You say no, and then you let them know that if they ask you again, there's going to be a consequence. That's great in writing, not so much when you're really trying to get it applied, right? But somehow that interprets, uh, it goes over into our relationships with God when it comes for our prayer lives. We think, God, am I supposed just to keep badgering you with this until you finally say yes? And that answer is no. That's not what he's getting at at all. He he explained it over in Luke, um, Luke 11. Uh, Show that passage, if you would. Luke 11, verse 5, he starts off and 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 he's saying, He says, look, here's the situation. He tells a story. And so I I read this story. I went, hmm. He says, suppose one of you have a friend. Now, I trust you have some friends. But suppose you have a friend, and he goes to your house at midnight and says to you, friend, I need three loaves of bread. Now, first thing is, you've got some really good friends. So they're going to wake you up in the middle of the night and ask for bread. But he says, A friend of mine has come to me from a journey. He just got to my house at 1130, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, don't bother me. The door has already been shut, and my kids and I are all in the bed, and I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, here's Jesus. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he's your friend, yet because of his what? persistence. He's going to get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, I read that and I said, God, so what are you saying? Are you saying that we can just wear you down to the point that if we ask you enough, it's like we're twisting your arm and you're finally going to go, okay, okay. No, we know that isn't true, but boy, that passage, does it kind of sound like that to you? Come on, y'all speak back to me, preach with me. I know these doors are open, the breeze. That's because the air conditioner is working. Have you figured that out? Yeah, it feels really good up here. Well, let me tell you what, There's, the emphasis is this. God is showing us some things because persistence is something he's after in you, in your prayer life. But it isn't because he wants you to wear him down and it isn't that he wants you to think that you can wear him down. It's really because of this. He knows that if you will keep asking and if you will keep seeking and if you will keep knocking, God is going to do something in you that he really wants to get done. Because see, as we keep asking, we keep saying, God, uh, we need this. God, we need that. When we keep seeking, we go, God, what do I need to do to help make this happen? What's my responsibility in this? And when we keep knocking, it's like we're going, God, I got to get serious about this. We're on a deadline here. Well, 
this whole time, let me just say it again. God is trying to do something in you, okay? God's trying to do something in you, always. That's always his main objective because the, Holy Spirit, the Word of God says that we are being changed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory through the Holy Spirit who's in us. So God's always working. Now, let me just tell you, I do meet some people usually people that don't know me very well, that maybe think that pastors have an inside track on getting their prayers answered, or maybe that they're just kind of super spiritual all the time. Look, let me just tell you now, I am not that super, I have never seen that sticker on the dryer. I just want you to know that Mary was talking about that be beautiful, because I don't, well, anyway, I just have never seen that before, because I'm not that good at helping. She will testify to that. But, God, but sometimes people think, oh, you're, you're a pastor. It just comes natural to you to keep asking and to keep seeking and to keep knocking because, I mean, you're so spiritual. Can I just tell you? No. Every person, man or woman of God that you know, that you respect, that you think are walking with God in a, in a, in a powerful way, I promise you, they do it the same way you do it. They may do it more often, they may do it more regular, but it's the same process of persistence. One, th- one of our pastors, uh, Sister uh, Angeline, she's new like me. She's just a month, been here a lo- month longer than me, I think. So anyway, she, we've been praying together, asking for workers. That's just part of it. You have children's church, a great children's ministry. It takes lots of volunteers, right? Well, we don't have lots of volunteers. Those of you that have been working in there know that. And so we've been asking and we've been seeking and we're knocking. And so we put together a little thing practically to to be part of that knocking process. So I said, look, it fits in with what I'm trying to share. So can we share this video from our children's workers? These are just some testimonies from people that are doing it. I'm just gonna let you know up front, this is part of our knocking process because we're hoping to stir up some of your hearts that says, you know what, I could help out there. I could do that. This is part of our seeking process, okay? So uh, show this, guys. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, watch this together. My story is that I found God to be faithful. And as I've been here for a while, I've seen the babies come and get dedicated. And then those babies come into the nursery and then they go into the toddler room and then the preschool room and then onto the elementary. And in each room, the teachers are teaching them about God's love for them and how the Jesus loves them. And they're playing with them and teaching them Bible verses and songs to sing and just having fun. If you know that Jesus loves you and you know that it's your privilege as well as your responsibility to tell the littles that Jesus loves them, then you're already halfway there. And at the end of the day, I am not teaching deep doctrine to preschoolers, but if they leave knowing that Jesus loves them and I love them, anything else is extra. But I know at that point, God's saying, well done. Anyone that's interested in kids' ministry, I would say um, you wanna make a change in the world. You want to make a difference. What better to 
to train the children, right? It says train up the children the way that you want from the Bible and they won't depart. So we can change their destinies, right? Not like we're gonna change it, but we can guide them in the path. If you're having a bad day, you come to church and you know, you get that smile or that hug and it just turns your day around. Like we're making differences in kids' lives. So the best thing is, is now that I can watch and I can see these kids that have grown up and they're serving like with youth group or on the praise team or on the tech team. And the part that I really like is my little girl. She's serving with SEC and she's teaching her son the Bible stories and everything. And that's what I enjoy just to watch it all the way through. When I was young, I had come from a broken home and I had godly men that poured into my life. And I've seen some of the brokenness that comes into this church, because it happens in every church. And these kids, they come in and they're stressed out and they're sad and they are, their moms and dads are going through a divorce or um, you know whatever. I've been there and like I said, godly men poured into me and I want to return that. It's not a favor, but it, I, I want to pour back into those kids that, the way I was poured into. And I'm here and I'm saved and I want to make sure that they know that they're saved. It, it's humbling, but it's also um, very fulfilling. When I leave there, I feel full of the Holy Spirit that I was able to teach some of these young kids something, you know, and get them to, to look forward in life and, and to not lean backwards and just look up and know that God's got their back. Serving for me is like what God has called me. Like it is, I, it's a clear message. It's not even, I can even question. I just know that that's where God wants me to be. But it just, it's the fulfillment of knowing that I'm helping this young generation to become future leaders of our churches. I mean, leaders of our small groups and leaders in our youth groups. And I mean, we're not just teaching them so that they can know God. We're teaching them so that they can be the future of our church. The reward you get from, from leading these littles is um, priceless. It is priceless, absolutely priceless. Thank you, guys. And like I said, this is part of a staff person. You know, she's new and she's getting to know people. And she says, I'm praying, I'm praying. I said, what? I, I, I'm asking God to, to, that these kids would have plenty of help. And so this is part of seeking, right? You have to put it in front of people. It's part of knocking. You have to ask people to, to help share. I mean, now that's, that's a staff person, okay? I'm just saying we're real. But like some of you might be going, I, I, need, I need more income. Can anybody say that? Yeah, most all of us. I, I, I need a different job. Well, you ask God, you start off. He says, ask and you will receive. So, but then he says, you have to seek. So part of that seeking is, you're gonna have to fill out an online uh, application. Let me say online. Used to, you'd go in and meet somebody, right? Now it's all online. But somebody's going to have to fill out an application. And they say, well, how does that knocking come? Well, you got to call back. If they don't call you back, you call them back. Go see them. Talk to them, right? So it's like that in all of us. I need a new car. Oh, God, I'm praying. I, I, I quit praying for the Porsche, but uh, you're praying for a car. God, I, I ask you for a car. And then seeking is 
hey, it's fun, you go look. That's dangerous though, because salesmen know you're looking and they know that you need something, right? But you're, but you're seeking, you're looking. And the knocking is, is when you finally maybe start talking to them about a price or you call somebody online and ask what they're going for. And that's just practical, right? So Jesus, when he says, keep being persistent, he's not saying that he's not gonna listen to you. He says, I'm trying to work something in you. I'm trying to work something in you because the more you ask about something, especially if it doesn't come, the more you're gonna ask God, God, what, what's going on? Usually you don't say what, usually you say why. God, why have you not answered this prayer? Well, the answer of course is, hey, I know what's best for you. I got something better for you. God, I'm seeking, how come this is not coming through? You said if I, if I sought you, if I, if I you know, kept seeking, that I would find what I'm needing. Well, because God's saying, I'm not through with you yet. I'm not through working in your heart. You've got to get your heart right before you really can even handle the answer I'm getting ready to give you. And you keep knocking, same thing. Now, what happens sometimes though, is we have that, that mentality that we're going to twist God's arm and we're going to keep wearing him down. And guess what God might do? He might actually say, okay, let's just see how that works for you. You say, oh, God wouldn't say that. Oh yeah? What kind of messes do you have that you thought in Jesus' name came your way, right? I mean, we blame God for so many things in Jesus' name. I just want you to know that. You know, something we're praying and, and I, how about this illustration? You remember the story in the Old Testament, greatest illustration of this, I think in the Bible, when God promised to give them food every single day. What was that stuff called? Manna, remember that manna? Over in Numbers, the 11th chapter, it describes it. In, uh, in, in verse uh, uh, 33, he, he says, it was like, you know, when the dew would dry off, it'd come down or up with the dew. And when it would dry off, it'd be like this white stuff all over the place. And they would have to scrape it off. And it says sometimes they'd take it and mash it up and make bread, you know, meal out of it, and make bread. So sometimes they would boil it. I'm going, well, what's that going to do? I guess it's grits. See, Southern things, y'all don't do grits the same way we used to do them. But, you know, they, but anyway, they just got sick of it. At least some people did. I mean, manna burgers, manna tacos. I mean, they had manna everything. But it says it was like, it said it was like sweet cake. So I'm going, there it is, angel food cake. It's right there. That's where it came from. Well, but here's what it says. It was really kind of ticking God off he really got angry with them. He says, he says, because they're not being grateful. Well, here's what it says. He says, you want, you want meat? I'll give you meat. These guys were saying, oh, we missed the fish out of the Nile. Oh, we used to have those leeks and those onions and all that flavory meat and beef, I guess. And so he says, Moses comes to him and says, God, they're rebelling. They want meat. He says, okay, we're gonna give them some meat. He goes, okay, that's great. So here comes this flock, this, no, it wasn't a flock. It was a, it was a swarm of quail. And it says quail started falling into the camp two feet deep, two cubits deep. So much, I mean, you, you know, you were, sh you were kicking quail out of the way, right? And it says it, from where it started and where it stopped, it was like eight miles. It says a day's journey. How many of you know that's a lot of quail? Okay, 
Here's what it says. They started gathering it. How many of you know dead birds don't preserve real well without refrigeration? So that's what happened. It says when they started eating it, they started eating it. It says while the meat was still in their mouths, I guess the bacteria, whatever, started a plague. And it says a bunch of them died food poisoning. He says, you want meat? I'll give you meat. He says, you might not like the consequences, but I'm gonna give you meat. Now, I take that illustration, Psalm 106. Let's read this, this was good. Read that next verse, because it actually says, it says, he gave them the desires of their heart, but it says it was to the leanness of their soul. That's what the New King James, the leanness of their soul. Now, now what, what does that mean? Well, it, it means first off, yeah, they had incredible food poisoning, so that conjures up some pictures in your mind, I'm sure. But, it, but leanness of soul, it just means they weren't prospering, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally. And here's what God says. He says, I want you to keep asking me. If I've said no, keep waiting. You can keep asking me. I'm going to deal with your heart. He says, but I, he says, keep seeking me. You can keep asking me for that. You can keep trying to make it happen. He says, and during that time, if I'm saying no, or if I'm saying wait, I'm gonna show you some things about yourself that you need to see. Maybe some attitudes that need to change. Maybe some habits that need to get broken. He says, and if you're knocking, man, if you're still trying to press on through in your own strength or, or in your persistence, he says, I'm gonna be working in you. I'm gonna keep working in you. And he says, but if you keep insisting and you go ahead and go in your flesh, God says, I'll let you do it, but it won't be without consequence to your own soul. Now, all of you stop here for a second and go, oh me. See, some of you have that new truck, right? And you've also got that $850 payment. And you're going, man, I just don't know if I like this truck as much anymore. Or, or you said, I, I gotta have this second house, or I've gotta have this place. I've gotta have this situation. And you know what? You kept persistent, 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 maybe even to the point that it was out of God's best for you. And you know what? God let you have it because he's merciful. And now you're learning another lesson, how to be content with what God gives you. Can you say amen to this, anybody? Now, I, I, I'm just, you know, I just preach to myself, you know, and if you get something good, I'm just talking to me, right? That's how preachers usually do that, by the way. So God says, um, keep being persistent. Keep being persistent because in the persistence, there's a purpose and it's always God working and changing you. So here's the second thing, all right? You said amen to that. Here's the second thing. You see, that passage of scripture that we've memorized, um, he, he compares our natural dads with our heavenly father. Now that's hard for some of you because some of your dads weren't that good. I mean, they did the best they could, but they just weren't loving. One man told me that uh, this morning that his dad was a hugger. I'm going, man, I just don't know that many dads that were huggers when I grew up. In fact, my dad never even told me that he loved me, you know, I mean, till I was older, you know, and then he even acknowledged it. And, uh, and I asked my older brother one time, I said, do you ever remember dad telling us that he loved us? He says, never. Now, did my dad love us? I'm confident that he did. And uh, my dad's 95, his birthday's next weekend. 
In fact, uh, but now every time I see him, he kisses me. I'm going, boy, we've changed. But you know, it's, uh, but the thing was, he loved us, it's just how, how he was. And I might not have been as convinced of it, but God's comparing the love of dads to the love that he has for us. And in, in this, he assumes the best because he says, look, you've got earthly dads that if you ask for a fish, your dad's not gonna give you a snake, right? He says, you've got earthly dads. If you ask for a piece of bread, he's not gonna give you a rock. He says, you've got earthly dads that if you ask for an egg, he's not gonna give you a scorpion. He says, how much more, how much bigger will God give you what is good? He says, how much more? God's gonna give you what is good. And I'm add a little stall addition, good for you, okay? God's gonna give you what is good. Now, you get there, you've gotta be persuaded of that. You've gotta be convinced of that in your heart. And I'm not sure if all of us are. I know there's a time I wasn't because I knew when my early days as a Christ follower, hey, if something bad happened to me, I just naturally assumed ah, that's what you get. I just assumed it. Hey, that's what I deserve. No, I deserved a lot worse. But I, there came a point where I finally got convinced, man, I am radically loved by the God who created the universe. This week, I, I took my wife, because I'm such a loving guy, up to Holland, Michigan to look at flowers. How many of you know, I have been trying to get down to Cincinnati. How many of you know the Tampa Bay Rays were actually in Cincinnati for three games and I didn't make it to one game. I used to have season tickets when I lived in Tampa. Now, I, I'm just saying all that to make me look spiritual because I said, honey, let's go to the Tulip Festival. Yay! And so we did, and it really was good. It really, really was good. But there was a moment, here was the best part though. So they have these cha this, this one farm. Some of y'all have been there, y'all have seen this, but this was new to me. I, I'd never been to Michigan but one time in my life. So this was a big deal. And here I am in Holland, Michigan, Dutch everything, people really wearing the, it was a festival, the little wooden shoes and everything. But they had these Adirondack, Adirondack, chairs sitting out under these trees in this farm of tulips with five million tulips. Now that's what they said, I didn't count them. Five million tulips. And I just gotta tell you, there was a moment I sat in that chair, breeze blowing, kind of like the one that was blowing here. And I went, God, you made all these tulips and you love me. I mean, I just sat there for a moment. Guys, I was totally convinced that the God of the universe, the creator of the earth, the creator of that beauty, the creator of, of, of mankind sitting, I was sitting right in this chair, leaned back under this white blossoming, blooming tree of some type, which I never figured out what that was. And I sat there, my wife stopped taking pictures, and I actually said, God, thank you for loving me. Now, I just want you to know that may not sound big a deal to you, but for some of you who do not feel loved, can I tell you there is a God who loves you incredibly. Amen. You're loved. 
You are loved. You say, well, why do these bad things happen to me? Well, people might not love you so much. I mean, there's some bad people in the world. There's people, you know, it's like pulling out of that long line of traffic from that wonderful <laughs> tulip experience. You know, these two cars wouldn't let me in. I said, man, there's not as many saved people up here in Michigan. <laughs> you know, but I got convinced, and I am convinced that God loves me, and I know he loves you. Romans 8:31 says this, if God is for me, who can be against me. What a heavy verse. If God is for me, who can be against me? Now, I had some people say some really ugly things about me sometimes, but I've got convinced of this. God, who made the entire universe, knows me, and he loves me, and he wants good things for me. I believe that. Now, I'm not a multimillionaire. I don't have the fanciest cars. I don't have the fanciest house. I got the most beautiful wife, but I, I mean, but you can't have everything. But I know this, God is good. God is good and God loves me. Romans 8, 31, if God's for me, who can be against me? Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says, oh, what can separate me from the love of God? Now I want y'all to preach with me just for a minute, okay? Let me help you wake up. I know we're heading down the home stretch here. Uh, so after I say this word, See, Paul's asking a rhetorical question where he's expecting a no response. So when I read this word, I want you all out loud, say it, no. Okay, here we go. Who or what can separate me from the love of God? You getting ready? Can tribulation? Can distress? Can persecution? Can famine? Can nakedness? Can peril? No. Can sword? No. Good job. He says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. You can't be separated. Well, you said, but pastor, what about sin? Sin doesn't separate you from the love of God, it just quenches the Holy Spirit in your life to where you can't experience it. Let me say that again. Even your sin doesn't separate you from the love of God, it just quenches the Holy Spirit in your life to where you don't experience it. You can't be separated from the love of God. He says you can't. Well, look to the person next to you and say, God really loves you. Go ahead and say it, say it to him. God really loves you. Now go ahead and say this, and I like you too. See guys, we gotta get convinced and persuaded that God loves us, period. Now not only does it say he loves us, but this is what Jesus was teaching in that passage. He says, if you being evil know how to give good things, how much more is God gonna give good things to those who love him. So not only is God love, but he, he, he's good. He's good, just good. In Psalm 25 verses eight through nine, it says this, good and upright is the Lord. In fact, I, would y'all do me a, again, keep preaching with me, keep sharing awake. Uh, read these with me off the screen, the first part. The Lord is good and upright. Praise God. 
Now this next one, over in Psalm 27, we got to pray this with a lady earlier in the day because she's going through some incredibly awful things. I mean, incredibly awful. But here's the verse that Mary and I prayed over her. Believe, everybody read this with me. I certainly believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, it's not just in the sweet by and by, right? God says, I wanna show you my love and my goodness in the nasty now and now. And God says, I wanna show it to you. Everything may not be good that happens to you, but he says, but I'm good. And if you'll wait, keep asking, seeking and knocking, uh, you keep persevering, you'll see my hand in your life and you'll know that it's good. God's always working. He's always working. Let's do, let's do a couple more. Uh, Psalm 31, ninth, that you've stored up for those who fear you. How great, he says, it's great. Psalm 34, eight says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I encourage some of you that have been contemplating and thinking about what it means to be a Christ follower? Can I just tell you that even God says, hey, jump in and see if I'm real or not. Go ahead and make that confession, Lord, the best I know how I'm receiving your free gift. Just be honest with God. God, this stuff doesn't all make sense to me yet, but boy, I wanna be loved. And God, I, I'm glad that you're a good God and not an angry God. Psalm 107 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 119.68, I like this one. You are good and you do good, amen? And Nahum, that prophet, he says, the Lord is good and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. So then if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, heavenly father, who loves you, who is good, give what is good to those who ask him. That's a promise. So, well, pastor, I'm asking, but I'm not seeing it. Can I just give you a couple verses? Just, just you know, write it down. James 4, 1 uh, says this. He says, ask, ask, uh, and, and, and you'll receive. He says, you have not because you ask not. And sometimes you ask and don't receive because he says you ask with wrong motives. Wrong motives. See, that's why the waiting period is so good. Hebrews eleven six is another one. He says, if you're going to come to God, if you're going to ask him anything in prayer, you need to believe that he exists and that he is rewarder of those who seek him. God says, expect it. He's a good God. He's a loving God. And he is at work even during your time of waiting while you keep asking, seeking, and knocking. And so the last thing, there will come a time for every single one of us this morning, every single one of us. And um, I know I have a daughter that lives out on the West Coast and she texted me last night, said they're gonna be watching with her family today. And it's true for her. She's been asking for some things for a while. And, and I just wanna tell you, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. But here's where it comes a place where we have to stand in and on those promises. You just gotta stand on them. And you gotta keep doing it, keep doing it. Keep on keeping on. That's why I was saying the title, keep on keeping on prayer. Don't stop, don't quit. If he answers no, it's for your best. If he says wait, let him work in you. If he answers yes, expect it to be good and loving. 
I want to close with this story. We've all, some of y'all live in, on acres. You have land, right? You have land. Now I have land. My land is just 110 feet by 110 feet. And so I live in a subdivision. Now, coming from Florida, though, most everybody I ever knew lived in a subdivision, okay? And down there, we all have screen porches, right? So the truth is, if you're going to argue with your wife, shut the windows. Because if not, everybody on two or three sides and in the back, everybody knows your business, okay? Well, there was, it was this one lady had an outdoor, you know, screened-in porch, and and she was very loud in her prayer. She was going through some stuff of testing time. And you know, she, her husband had died and her job wasn't what it could be. And she was, financially was in a lot of need. And she was always witnessing though to her neighbor who said he wasn't a believer. He said, in fact, he said he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. And so anyway, but she prayed all the time. She prayed all the time. In fact, it was just totally annoying to him. Now I gotta tell you, I'm basing this on a true story of one of my neighbors. Now, I was not the atheist or the unbeliever. This lady prayed out loud all the time. And I'm going, well, anyway, I'm going, I didn't need to know all of her personal business because she was praying some detailed prayers. But this lady was praying too, and she's praying, oh God, oh God. And and she'd heard pray specifically, so she's saying, God, I'm asking you to provide some hamburger. God, I, I need some hamburger. And uh, this guy's hearing her, mm-hmm, hamburger. And she's, she's praying, Lord, I'm, God, I'm asking you for some green olives, some green olives. I like, uh, and then she says, and Lord, I'm asking you for bread. No, be specific. I want some of those sweet Hawaiian rolls. So she's praying her need and the guy's hearing her prayer. She goes, ha ha, this is a time for me to show her that there's no God. So he goes to the grocery store and buys her some hamburger and some olives and some of that sweet Hawaiian bread. And so he puts it in a bag and puts it on her door and rings the doorbell and he stands around the corner, you know, from the door and she comes to the door and opens it up and she goes, praise you, Lord, God, you're so good. Here's my hamburger and my olives and my bread. And he jumps out and says, no, there's no God. I got that for you. I did that. So she keeps on praising. She says, God, you're bigger than I thought. Not only did you have the devil buy it, but you made him deliver it to my door. (laughs) Don't quit praying. Praise team, come on back up. We're We're gonna close the service. You see, keep asking. God is good. And God loves you. And if you're asking and it hasn't happened, he says, keep seeking, keep seeking. And if you're seeking and it hasn't been revealed yet, he says, keep knocking. He says, because it will be open to you. Now, if it's a no, God says, I've got something better for you. He says, if it is a wait, God's got some more that he's trying to accomplish and purify or add to your life. Or if God says, okay, it's time, then just know he's wanting to show himself strong in your behalf. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. God's working. Keep on keeping on. Would you stand with me? We're gonna, we're gonna close in this great song. And, and here's our invitation. Here's our time. Um, 
service is over at the end of the song, but if you want to come up to the front today with your spouse or with your mama, or if there's people you're praying for and you've been asking for things and maybe you're at the seeking stage or maybe you just keep knocking, I invite people just to keep laying things at the feet of Jesus figuratively. I invite people, look, get people to pray with you in agreement until you see the answer or till you know what God has spoken to you about that situation. So if you wanna come up and just stand and as we sing this song and, and just bow your heart and pray or kneel, just feel free to do that, okay? That's what this time is for. And I invite you to do that in Jesus.
I'm just asking, 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 asking. Can I just see your hands? There's somebody there specifically, okay. Specifically, several of you, several of you. Now what that verse says, we're coming to the throne of grace and it says we're asking. So I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you if there's an answer to prayer you haven't received yet, you're not sure what God's saying in it yet, then I'm gonna invite you this last chorus of this last song just to come up here and stand. And yes, you're gonna pray that prayer. You're gonna ask God for that answer, but then you're gonna praise Him for it. You're gonna praise Him for it. You're gonna thank Him for it. You know, can I share a little bit of a heartbreaking thing? We have a family that was reaching out to a, a young man uh, for, well, for years. And even the last month, several times, this young man uh, was in our services. And the family told me that during some of our prayer times, it looked like he was praying at a seat, which is great. But you know what? This young man was tragically killed two weeks ago, two weekends ago, tragically. And I don't say that as the emotional ploy. I'm just saying our prayers are powerful. And we need to realize that our holy God who loves us, loves those people. And the enemy is always trying to blind their eyes, always trying to keep things in between them and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, your prayers, God uses your prayers to push back powers. I believe that. And I believe He hears your prayers and releases things and answers into your life. So if you raise your hand while I go, just come up. We're just going to stand here. You don't have to kneel, but we're just going to come. And you're going, by your coming, you're saying, I'm lifting this specific person. I'm lifting this specific thing to the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to lay this here. I'm going to lay this before God. And uh, you can just stand facing me. You don't have to, but just come. Okay, we're going to sing this one more time. Just feel free to come. You say, well, does this, does this automatically mean my prayer's gonna be answered? No, but I tell you this, you're gonna sense it. You're gonna feel the presence of God and you need that. So this is for us, okay? God knows the need. God, we've been asking for some of these things, some of these people, some of these changes. God, we've been seeking you about what to do, what to say. And so even while we're here in obedience, Lord, will you speak to us? God, as we knock, open up the doors and show us what we need to do. But right now, let's just praise. Let's sing to him again. And uh, sing that last song, Linda. Let's do that last verse. In your presence, overwhelmed by love. Oh 
desire in every heart. You, you know every request that people have made, every ask. God, you know the seeking that's going on inside their heart. And we just say, God, you love us. And you love these people that we're praying for. And so God, we ask you to mercifully move in their lives, move in their bodies. Lord, work in our relationships. God, heal our marriages, work in our children. God, open the eyes of people that we love, that they would see the love of God and just see the light of the gospel. God, this is your will. We thank you that you said when we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And we know that when you hear us, we have those requests we've made. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've started, all that you're continuing. And Lord, we just thank you for our fellowship, this church. And God, you're bringing us and leading us and bringing us into community where we can experience your love through one another. We say, thank you, God. 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 In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name, everybody says, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, man. So good. Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. Happy Mother's Day. If you have a few extra minutes, please stack some chairs for us. Have a great weekend.